There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. And there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 107 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Cullum O'Regan. What's up, brother? Craig Fitzpatrick. I'm back. Hello. And, of course, our always here in the studio guests, Mick Pope and Mayke of the Galaxy fame. Hello. About time we uh, mentioned after, they were here, yeah. After 106 episodes, we're finally allowed to speak. Yeah, we were here yeah, we were yeah. in an observational capacity up until then. Yeah. Which was, which <laughs> and it's been a long road. 106 <laughs> yeah. episodes. You were like the people from KPMG during the lotto, just standing in the corner making sure Hello, everything Ronan. was alright. Yes. <laughs> what a reference. <laughs> yeah. You've been very, very patient tonight. We all appreciate it. Yeah, so. no, our no listeners problem. have been waiting as well but uh what day is it craig it's friday i'm afraid not man it's the day of the oh. child <laughs> hey 
That was Day of the Child. And it was a great segue as well. Oh, the, way, the patter yeah. between us. It's like we rehearsed it. <laughs> I felt Craig. the excitement that something good was about to come, but I, I never yeah. saw it coming. I, I got very anxious when you asked me that question. Like, <laughs> uh, Craig, you walked right into it. Like, yeah, yeah, you did, did Craig. Much like the Son of God last weekend, something good has arrived in the form of the Galaxy's new album, Pleasure, which is out now. <laughs> At all good news agents. <laughs> I'm loving this band. Where do you find the time, Dave? <laughs> I've been very busy this week, and yeah, here I am. You're uh, frying at the edges. Claiming uh. my crown, I would say, as most... Uh, well, you got your red hummus. You're pretty happy. I got my red hummus at fucking last. Oh, they got it back. They got it back. I got the oh, last gosh. one. I got the last one in Marks and Spencer's. Cool. Uh, spicy red pepper hummus, guys. It's the future. <laughs> And it's cut to the ad. <laughs> cut, cut, yeah. cut to the red hot chili peppers. <laughs> uh, also in the future, though, of course, is this brand new The Galaxy album. What's not in the future is it? it's in the present. It's out now, lads. How's it feel? Great, yeah. Really Big good. relief. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've had it for. We've been sitting on yanks. it for probably fourteen months. Oh well, yeah, I know. Probably. I now hold it yeah. in the palm yes, of you can my sit on hand. It as well. so I've got it. Yes, I've got a compact disc version, which I look forward to finding some method of, of playing. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were signing, we were signing some uh, pre-ordered CDs, and uh, every single one of them was just baffling to me. I'm like, who has this a CD player to play this? But I thought, did you say to me, people's cars? People's like, cars. They like yeah. them in yeah. their cars. Yeah. I always feel really guilty when I get sent vinyls by record companies because obviously it's a really nice thing to do but you're just like <laughs> oh my god cancel the vinyl <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you really feel guilty well yeah because I can't do anything with them you can at least prop them against your wall at I home until you yeah. get yeah. a record yes, player yes, I can. Uh, they're very decorative unlike CDs but this is lovely I appreciate yes, the yes it is uh, a nice package if, uh, is this called like, Ooh, there's a weird name for, for this specific digipack 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 oh that's yes, cool which is not one of the songs on the album but it could be an older galaxy star Dude, could be imagine. a new Arctic it Monkeys could. song. Yeah, did you see they announced their album? And a track listing, which is uh, bizarre. <laughs> Mick taking us into the news we section of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We had, a quick look. Away, we had a quick look at some of the names, I can't remember, but it, it sounds like... Um, it's a bit bonkers. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of cocaine. Well, it's like Alex Turner has been like, okay, Marky Smith's dead. I now have to take on the mantle of oh, just naming ridic- God, songs that, ridiculously. Which Marky Smith would not... No, he would not with. be pleased with that whatsoever. No. Um, yeah. The cover, though, is very, very nice. It's very opulent. Yeah. I think that was a bit of a, when when you did a few kind of samples of what it might be. Yeah. And the guy came back with that. And it's just like, it's a big, huge, beautiful animal sitting yeah. in a nice Craig, cave. can you describe the cover? Yeah, it's a kind of, it's a tiger sitting outside his ice palace cave. It looks like, yeah. I yeah. guess, guarding some, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. Ar- out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same artist as we had for the other two singles, and although it doesn't look sim- uh, in the same family, for us it kind of it kind of is like it feels like it's all done by the same artist, um, a guy called Nevin Doyle in the states, who, as with Le Club, the artwork for Le Club, I found on Instagram. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. it's the best way because like you know I follow all these guys and they post amazing stuff, and you know just uh, co- just message them you know well as someone who has a tiger tattooed on his flesh yeah I of course appreciate this (laughs) 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 on his flesh I never hear the word flesh God, I am the new Clive Barker you said that in a bar before haven't you (laughs) on my flesh check out my flesh art you you into flesh flesh. (laughs) (laughs) oh So, uh, yes, the album, of course, is being distributed by Red River Entertainment, which sounds like something out of Twin Peaks. Who the fuck are they? (laughs) (laughs) Same neck of the woods. In fact, like 10 minutes before we signed the record deal back in October, we were outside, we were on Fifth Avenue saying, who the fuck are these? (laughs) Yeah, so I had just joined the band and they were sent, they were, they had this record deal kind of ready to go. 
and the guy's name who by the way is amazing Bob Frank but when I said to the guy like what's the name of the guy we're meeting they're like Bob Frank and I was like did you just make that up right now to tell me so we're at the in this beautiful it was like a dream movie scene that we're going up to on Fifth Avenue to go and sign this record deal so it was really cool but the whole time I was like I am being taken for a fool this is a Swiss and we walked into the lobby and they had like you know the the list of all the all the businesses in the premises of this big building and uh, Anthony from the band walked up to Bob Frank's name and just literally tried to rub it away with his thumb as if it had just, <laughs> just been written there for five minutes previous but it turns out he was a real human who uh, really really liked Legal- Love the Galaxy and wanted to release our record in the US did he have crisps and bowls no, he didn't. He had. Um, that's a, that's when you that's really the mark know. Of a yeah, proper signee. Yeah, <gasps> right. a party mix with yeah. all the little pretzely things and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Palm bears. Well, that's that. a major. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh, is okay, it? The party yeah, mix no, is a major really, label. Yeah. <laughs> we're referring to a specific act that were signed by a specific label who we won't name. Why not? No, we're, we're not speaking about just one. Matt, like all of those photos, it's champagne and Chris. You almost named one of them there, by the way. <laughs> Did I? Uh, it's. Co- the way you can bleep that out, Eve. Thanks. Uh, essentially, we saw photographs of their big signing, and it was like, "Ooh, paprika crisp." <laughs> Pushing it, the best. Paprika know you made it. So, you guys were in the states recently, and uh, yes. did anything anything go down over there? How no, was nothing. It? No, nothing at all. No, nothing at all. No, no, no. not at all. Um, Very well behaved. You just sit in and wait and see if something happens. <laughs> yeah. You can't. It's yeah. a waste of your time to go try you and sleep on the flights. You get there and, and you just sit in, the, sit in the cube until someone comes to get you. <laughs> um, we had an amazing time. We played two shows there. Um, we got to play for kind of people we were already working with, like the label and stuff, and then and then meet some other people that they wanted to kind of hook yeah. up with us. So our publishers are over there and uh, and stuff. So they were all there. To see, they, they rarely get to see us live because you know. We're over here and we're elsewhere, but we never really get to play in America much. So they they love for them. It's like a real treat to come see us and and come see what all their work is going towards. Really, you know. And God, they love Irish people. Yeah, <laughs> I was saying that earlier on that um, we were there for St Patrick's Day, which is a Swiss as well. Um, but this guy, <laughs> this guy in a full three piece green suit with his hair dyed green, was like, "So where are you from anyway?" And I was like, "Ireland." And he was like, "No way, where's that?" <laughs> what? <laughs> They're into, they're into the pageantry and the and the color and all. That. It's, it's, but it's it's real. It, it's that's that's it. They don't know what it is. Yeah, and they just know it's a day that it might take off and get completely fucked up. I have my second pint of Guinness ever a few weeks ago on St Patrick's. And day you had your Austin. third your third on Tuesday night. And my uh, subsequent uh, racked up a few. Yeah, <laughs> I had my first pint of Guinness last summer. Yeah. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Well, and, and he got a photo taken, and Dave, Dave has officially now used that photo as an official bio shot online. <laughs> I have more often than he has drank Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> I have never had a pint Shares of Guinness. Another nine. Yes, I have. Um, so yeah, um, obviously that you know, there's been like an interesting personnel change with this new album. So uh, Mary, what would you say that new member Michael brings to the band? <laughs> <laughs> he tries his best anyway. Like that's the God loves to try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great. It's a, it's a very steep learning curve for me. I think yeah. we, we we found that out. Like you know, almost almost impossibly steep. Um, I've been carrying him for ages, so now I just do it on stage as well. So, but I, um, I, I only saw two sets of uh, one set of footprints. So what is that? So you can't have been carrying the them. others. Were Jesus? Is that where we're? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I mixed up that metaphor. But you, you know. What I mean. um, Isn't religion just one big mixed metaphor? It really yes. is. Yes. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> Roasting. Dave, Joe, Rogan, hand ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, haven't you, seen you when you mixed up Christmas and Easter earlier. Did I do that? Christ arriving. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's, it's like, as Justin Bieber says in a new story that we'll get to in a little bit, it's not about a bunny man. It's about... It's um, <laughs> a bunny man. <laughs> a bunny man. <laughs> a bunny man. <laughs> Echo and... <laughs> Nonetheless, 
Uh, how's all with the whole new thing? I don't know. I ran out of fucking. He's steam. a professional journalist. <laughs> you gave it too much at the very start. I yeah, did. I really. Look, I, there's I, a lesson to be learned in this. That a lot of people could. You've done a lot of media lately. Would you say that I'm the most together? The most media. You're definitely the most media. You are definitely, I'd say, part of. Cut the me media. in a bleed media. There's a whole lot of media. <laughs> Dave um, media. It's deadly. We've been sitting on the album for ages, and we obviously would love for it to have been out. Um, probably a year ago but the time we've kind of had in between to gig and stuff with the new lineup has been pretty crucial because I kind of only really now feel like a part of it you know whereas whereas a few months ago I was just yeah it took took a bit more time than we thought Mm. and we're running out of time as well well you you're fast approaching yeah yeah in in general (laughs) Mary's now taking over the mantle of the uh, youngest person in the band which was interesting for you and by a I mean by a (laughs) a considerable stretch stretch yeah but she looks a lot older than she actually is so (laughs) it kind of it kind of bounces itself out that's why we look great together (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, but also we are in a band with Alan and Dave the two oldest who look remarkably young so yes if anything they look younger so in summary what we like to say (laughs) (laughs) is that age is a factor and it's <laughs> and it 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 is a number. Time is the fire in which we born. That's <laughs> a wow. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was stunning. <laughs> that's me sufficiently thrown. <laughs> yeah, is that from the discarded lyrics? No, it's from Star Trek Generations. Oh, actually, uh, of course, <laughs> of course, it is. It's so silly. But returning to like the expanded roster, was there a moment? Because it seems like maybe Carmen was a catalyst. But was there a moment yourself, Maker, with the rest of the band, where you thought actually this is should be a long term deal when you were performing live, or you just felt the energy between the five views was I something? Sp- that I spoke you- about this to Mary earlier. Actually, yeah. it was um, playing on stage in in Kilmainham. Uh, we were supporting Fateless, and there was just some. I think um, we had a couple of guests that day. I think we had. Um, Jess Cavanaugh, oh, she was there as well, wasn't she? Mm. And you, and there was just something that that had been niggling in the back of our minds that you know when Mary was on stage, the dynamic wasn't challenged or and, and it wasn't it wasn't you know she wasn't coming out as I I am the, the center of attention. She was coming out as part of this of the unit. And yeah. the dynamic was changed, but it was, it was changed in it was improved. So it was kind of after that. It was pretty soon after that we started recording Pleasure literally the next day, um, at like eleven eleven a.m. the next morning, which is anybody who's anybody who saw us. The night before DJing in the Shirt Club will attest it's almost an impossible feat. Uh, but, but Johan literally arrived d- during the Fateless set, and he, and he um, he got to work on Sunday morning. And I think it was that week that we were kind of talked amongst ourselves and said we want Mary to feature much more heavily on this album. We only want one vocalist, or, 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 as in one Mary was a, was a, a guest. Yeah. On Carmen, we only want one pers- uh, uh, accompanying voice with me, and also we think that it might be time to take this from just being part of the live band to being part of the band and um, there was no there was no um, kind of wobbles and there was no there was no we don't have any egos to bruise or any insecurities in that respect wow. if it makes it better <laughs> if it makes it better um, that's all we really cared about and um, we knew it did mm. Mary that meant you were involved in the writing process as well then how was that because I guess working kind of communally is difficult enough at the best of times without being the new boy in class right yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the the only co-write I officially have is, which made that sound like I wasn't getting credit on other co-writes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start again. The only co-write I have is Day of the Child, right. um, which was, um, I think, unexpected. I don't think we expected for me to have a co-write in this one no, because it, I kind of came in when they were halfway record through recording. So, um, yeah, we, d- we, I heard we demoed. The, and yeah. then we just started working with Blende that next that next morning after the Fateless gig. So I, we were kind of halfway through the process, mm. 
And, and they were written, I mean, the lads, a lot of people I know from my own experience that four people in a room trying to pull their own direction, the lads work, I mean, I'd love to give you some hot gossip on some drama in the room, but they work incredibly well, incredibly efficiently together. Um, so for me, with Day of the Child, when I just heard the track, um, and I loved it, and for some reason asked could I have a go of writing on it, which I immediately regretted because... They were all like, um, okay, cool. See what you come up with. And I was like, Seem tenors. or don't, or you've got your own ideas and there's no need surely for me to be putting my foot in here. But isn't there also like a, a video, I think I have this video of me and you getting, um, and Dave getting trashed and just working out all, you were just, you were just riffing for like you don't. an hour and a half. I think I have like, I think there's a little Insta there somewhere of, of it was we like, a, it was like a, trashed. Yeah. And Mary, a, Mary was lyric. firing everything at the microphone because we wanted to hear every single idea she, that she had for this, this one song that she was going to be write, writing everything on, you know, all the, all the, every, every note, or sorry, every, every line, every, every word and stuff. So, um, there, I, I think I, I do have that somewhere actually I think about it but there's a, there was a lyric that I just said because I wasn't speaking about it <laughs> and when I when I finished the song they were like yeah no we love it but like there was just one lyric you did on one of the demos that was just deadly and they said it to me and I was like no nah, <laughs> did not do that do you remember what it was <laughs> I think it was I, I, I'm thinking of a lozenge cow. <laughs> I don't understand what it meant. They're like, I, I and like they're like she's so wacky, and I'm like, no, I I'm did not. Th- I'm thinking. I also was like, I'm thinking of lozenge cow. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how it's going to be, Dave. When you look back someday with how goes the new shit thing, <laughs> you're going to be like, those are the glory days. <laughs> I like to think that most of my days are glory days. <laughs> I mean, the truth is obviously not that at all. But you know, like, I'm like you, you can delude yourself but every now and then. You have to. It can be done. You've got. Yeah. Yeah, must be you've got to. It's got to will be done. But yes, um, I've run out of questions. So <laughs> <laughs> your honesty is a you know. But there's, raises there's like, I, I I don't really see the point in being like you know where did you get the band name? No, you know <laughs> I will uh, never uh, figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Although we, we did an interview this morning and that was the first question. <laughs> oh, who are you going to name him? No. No. no, 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 no. But what? Uh, so it, pleasant. But, 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 but it, needless to say, it was being broadcast to the entire country. Oh. Okay. I know who it is. That, was, yeah. <laughs> that collective groan was, was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I don't know. Do you like? Do you, do you enjoy interviews? Do you? Like, <laughs> well, me and Mary have been have been. Have been they give he, Nick gives me lots of compliments during interviews, whether he, whether he means to or not. I do when, not. He get, when he gets asked <laughs> what's the dynamic change up like, he ends up complimenting me, which I wouldn't maybe get the. Same volume of positivity <laughs> the rest of the time. So I love interviews with me. Yeah. If I don't sound bad, it means you're doing good. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah. You got a good review in the Irish Times, which almost kind of went like, there's no one else out there in electronic music, which isn't necessarily true. No, it's definitely not. But, um, at but the same you're being time, held up as the, the vanguard. But I, I, at the same time, I, I, I did read that review. Uh, and Eamon Sweeney, he'd be, you know, he'd be a fairly tough audience for us. You know, We wouldn't be his thing, but I was quite happy to hear that in, in some respects exactly the thing that we were trying to do um, in some people's eyes has been achieved in terms of making a studio dance record not trying to capture a live sound not getting in them recording seven eight days of live drums just to make it just just for purest sake no we actually wanted to make a studio dance record you know ten tracks as well which I really appreciate <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave yes. loves that shit does we that mean do. does that mean that oh man the it's too fucking long I keep saying this <laughs> 14 fucking songs I know exactly it's which ones I get rid of too <laughs> 14 songs four vinyl like what the fuck or two vinyl sorry <laughs> does that mean then though that with a look uh, with um, a view to kind of like performing these songs live mm. there's far more of a process it's the other way it's the other way yeah we, yeah. we, we, we were out playing Street Heart and the club 
and Carmen and Humanize ages before they were even recorded. This has gone the other way. None of these songs have been played live at all until the album was fi- finished by by us and Johan in November 2016. So yeah, it's 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 upside up, upside down. It's the upside down for us. We have to go in and deconstruct it and then learn which parts we're playing. And it's been challenging. I think we've got down. We've got six of them down now. Um, and there's probably a couple that we won't, just won't bother. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I, mean, say which I guess no. <laughs> obviously the Galaxy aren't British, but if you were British, would you feel really upset that you didn't make <laughs> the Radio X Top 100 Best British Songs of All Time? Be I'm really. Okay, can, 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 we, so can, we, can we crystallize this into the top ten and let's just get let's just get into it? Yes. Who has the top ten handy? Because my phone's charging in the corner. Well, I have the top ten right here. Oh, great. First, I want to take you guys back in time, way back in time. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore. Welcome to the second episode of the No Encore podcast. I'm joined as ever. Because this poll brought out this week, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, Radio X seems to be the hot news station in the UK and it's like... (laughs) For a quick blast, for anyone who hasn't seen the list yet, it's Wonderwall at number one, Don't Look Back in Anger number two, Champagne Supernova number three, Live Forever number four. Then another band comes along and ruins that. <laughs> uh, and it's a massive jump in, in genre with the Stone Roses and I Am the Resurrection. Oh. Arctic Monkeys, Bet You Look Good in the Dance Floor, oh. David Bowie as two heroes. Like- Yes, yeah, so that was 2016, our second ever show when Oasis took the top four in the poll. This time, uh, they've only got two songs in the top five, which is an underperformance by anyone's standards. Uh, Live Forever is at number one. Last year's uh, number two, uh, uh, last year's number one, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is at number two. Don't Look Bo Back Rock's in Anger, slipping. number three. Yeah. I Am The Resurrection by Stone Roses of Four. The Verve's Bitter- Bittersweet Symphony. Then Wonderwall and Slide Away, more Oasis. The Smiths, There's a Light and Never Goes Out. Oasis Champagne Supernova at number nine. And Arctic Monkeys, I bet you look on dance floor at number ten. Yes, Oasis are in the top 116 times, I believe. Fuck me. Yeah. Uh, Stereophonics are in there five times. Oh. Okay, who's... Like, Stereophonics. Okay, very compiling this. Is there a very specific audience for this? It's radio X. Are Radio X? Is it like the same bottom-feeding grunts that come up to me when I'm DJing and kind of oh, going like, you know, I think man, have yes. you got any Kasabian or Oasis or really the Cardinal? Yeah. <laughs> so these guys, they, they all look the same. And Nick's, been waiting, Nick's been waiting days to have this conversation. You don't see his sensational <laughs> typo on Twitter during the week. When yeah, he, he said, me, like, "Let's Galaxy," "Let's will Galaxy," be. will be, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be discussing this uh, on Thursday let's on the show. Galaxy. Let's, let's Galaxy. Hey, that's great. Hey, let, let's just Galaxy. <laughs> it should be said. Whatever about the general audience of Radio X? Clearly, they've also only asked people in Manchester, yeah. Yeah, as yeah, evidenced yeah. by the fact that the Cortinas are in the top twenty. Yeah, they cracked wow. the top are twenty. The definition of this band that are world famous in Manchester. It's brilliant if you ever look at their touring lists. They play like five hundred capacity <laughs> venues every until they get to a stadium gig in Manchester. <laughs> it's wow. very strange. Hello, old <laughs> but it's not like Manchester's stuck for decent music. Like, why have they been so embraced? Sorry. Yeah, a lot of Rattles people were kind of like graying yeah. bowl cuts, I think, voted in yeah. this. The other thing that I love about it is as you flick through it <laughs> and see like... haunted image there. <laughs> this, this is an annual poll. So their new entries are things like Shine On You Crazy Diamond, <laughs> Immigrant Song, and Somebody to Love. Wow. How many songs would you guys say are in the top 100 by women oh well if it's lad rock I'd say uh, and these are all 100, lad rockers. 100 songs and do you mean a front woman or do you mean a, a female member uh, of the band and, uh, at all I mean like 100 yeah. songs like five uh, is, there, is, of all is, time. is there a Portishead or maybe Bittersweet Sym- Sym- Symphony in there or anything no well Bittersweet Symphony is 
not? Yeah, they're, uh, you mean Unfinished Sympathy? Oh, no, yeah. sorry, Unfinished yeah. Sympathy. Sorry, yeah. beg your pardon. So out of 100 songs spanning all, you know, like everything, there are zero songs no. by women. Well, I know, it's but there are two feature, I think. There's Gillian, pardon, New Order. Yeah. And the woman from Polk. Candida, yeah. There you are. How do you not have, like, Cloud busting in there, you know. Yeah, like Radio X, me as well. I think busting is avant garde, arty, arty bullshit. I think in terms of representation, it's about a book. I think it's worse. It's worse. A what? Yeah. What are you talking about, mate? What's a fucking book, mate? It's worse when it comes to black artists. There's just Gary from the Liberty. Oh God, yeah. It's absolutely oh, extraordinary. Didn't Ocean Cutter scene have a black drummer as well? Think, Thank God. Think, That's two. Yeah, it's. I think so. Oh, man. Oh, oh, man. Well, I'd like to say oh. that I'd put uh, the, 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 the one two punch of Elastic Heart and Chandelier in my top ten. British. British. Oh, British. Jesus, yeah. you made this mess. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're like, she's Australian. That kind of counts. Blondie in there, and I was like, Blondie British. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, no, I, that was how bad this list had gone. That I was just like, all right, this sort of person. Is there any woman at all they'd listen to? On, I apparently also, had to go um, outside of Britain to find one. Uh, the bass player for Elbow. Uh, yeah, 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 there you go. He, 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 Three yeah, okay. people. I'm surprised <laughs> one day like this wasn't higher up. It was like the kind of. I guess they were like you know you got Bowie and like the Divorce in there. They, 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 no, I don't think so. Really? Really? Just one Lily Allen, not quite hell. quintessentially for all British people. Not Radio X, mate. <laughs> no, and not it's like too true, mate. That's what Brexit was about for all British people. <laughs> yeah, Lily yeah, Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you have. Yeah. A, I think they would have gone for Amy Winehouse. Maybe. You got a couple of. Yeah, or even like, or even like the Zootons cover of Valor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, we'll take it. Uh, but you have like, you, okay, you got Bowie in there, so it's like you know who knows what he was, and then you got <laughs> Freddie Mercury in there, like you got a gay man. <laughs> so they're like, that's it, that's your diversity box stuff. Yeah. Chelsea Dagger in there. Probably. Sure, Do you know what? To be. Uh, number one, to be. number one hundred is "I Predict a Riot" by Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> There's two songs by Catfish and the Bottle Men. In there. <laughs> That's an odd one. This yeah. is a hey, horror hang on, show. Hang on, can you just read it all hundred again? <laughs> we'll yeah, really I'm enjoy. Not. Can we Go just on. stick on the hundred songs? There? <laughs> we'll we'll stick the link beneath the podcast yeah. on the page when you get it tomorrow. You are the link so. beneath my podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Radio or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. It's the So what's coming up, guys? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just did uh, bottom of the segue there, then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me something. We are. Uh, we've got nothing else to say. Like we've got like uh, we got we got the album launch, and then we're kind of going to be over the country, all over the country doing radio, and yeah. Um, then we come back, and we got lot, like lots of stuff. Lots of festivals. Festival season. Then we've like. We, we, we usually have our calendar to, to hand but we have our phones off so look we'll put a link to our personal uh, band calendar <laughs> below all of your data yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we can just all join your whatsapp group yes. and then yeah, yeah. and, then and I'll fe- add you to the google calendar we're, we're hope- I mean we're hoping to uh, oh, that's the idea is to head over to um, to America later this month or in early May to go over and do some shows over there for the record as well so that's kind of yeah that's kind of we were, we're in New York and Texas since we were, since we signed that deal so we need to go to the mm. West Coast. I want to go to there. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I really there. want to go to there. I want to go to there also. <laughs> you miss LA, do you? I do, yeah. You know how my, you know my feelings on LA are very well known to You're you. You're a very big fan. I'm surprised there's not actually a related tattoo, or is there? Um, well, I, I actually, I, I, I am due one, um, one bit of a, what, what did you call it? Flesh? Flesh art. Flesh art. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I have Laser Disc Nights 2 tattoo on my chest, and I have my La Club tattoo on my wrist, so I need to get the tiger somewhere but then I'd be kind of 
I, you know, I'd be emulating you. Can day. I? Oh, yeah. You said like it's a bad thing. You could um, get matching hey, tattoos. Oh, oh. If, if we're going for a pint and we're both sitting there with our tiger tattoos, <laughs> <laughs> our tiger flesh shirts. Uh, friend of the uh, friend of the show, Dave Higgins, and I uh, went to the cinema on a on a mandate there at the weekend. And before we went to the cinema, we we bought scented candles together. So <laughs> wow. I'm I'm very wow. comfortable in who I am. I'm very comfortable. You don't have to call it a mandate. <laughs> Two men <laughs> went to the cinema. Uh, Did I you both leave the house with the like? You know, okay, we're going to buy scented candles. <laughs> no. Oh, was this uh, something he, you just stumbled into it? He went into Dunn's and I followed Sample him. fragrances, <laughs> you know, like so colours, yes. swatches I sampled when you some fragrances and I was like, cool. And, but, yeah. but then, like, uh, as we were en route to the cinema, he was like, we'll probably put these in the car rather than go into the cinema. Like, you know, like, fucking, like, you know, hey, light them up if you've got them. <laughs> <laughs> put, put them into the cup holder next year. A <laughs> little bit of lime over mango. What was the film? The, well, the film was uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, oh. which oh, is dear. the worst film of the year. Could have done with the scented candle then, yeah? That's terrible, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to like the candles. Where, where am I? The Stella? Is it worse than um, um, Independence Day Resurgence? Dude, they fucking rip off Independence oh, Day no. Resurgence to the point where the ending is the exact same ending and they literally have one of the characters go, we're going to go to them for the sequel. And I was like, that's the exact same ending. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Horrendous. Uh, also, I, w- I want to walk back my description of uh, flesh art to uh, flesh declaration. Fe- I, I, flesh I that's de- that's de- what it should be called. Declaration. Okay. There, was once, uh, there was once a wrestling promo by uh, CM Punk who said... The camera was like focusing on all his tattoos, and he was like describing what they were. And he said, "These aren't decorations; they're declarations." Yes. <laughs> like, oh, this no. is a man who has a large Pepsi logo since he gave up alcohol. <laughs> it's so, a declaration, you know. yeah. Pepsi. And on that note, uh, I declare pleasure to be the album of the month. And I think that <laughs> listeners should go and have a listen to it, ladies and gentlemen. Like Galaxy. Thank you. <laughs> That was Le Galaxy and Day of the Child. The album is Pleasure. It's out now. Go and have a listen to that and celebrate the meaning of Easter because there was Easter. That happened this week, didn't it, guys? It did, did yes, Dave. Um, do you want a full review here? Oh, yeah. Well, we went to the pub. Yeah, we with, did. Uh, with Brother Josh. Yeah. It was a good Brother day. Josh. Good day. Absolute sesh, like, yeah. <laughs> I went to Poland. Um, had a great time. Yeah. yeah. You were They're, in the salt mines on Sunday. Yeah, well, no, on the Not Saturday. The oh, They're big a, into Easter in Poland, though. Like, yeah. everything closes on, like, the Saturday right. at about 2 o'clock. It's that's very... A, that's yeah. not great for a holiday maker, the is it? Ch- the churches were jammed, so... <laughs> uh, good service? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. No, I didn't go in. I'm not, I'm not welcome. Well, Justin Bieber um, gave his fans a glimpse uh, into his outlook on it, um, where he said that it's not just about... Uh, a bunny it's a reminder that my Jesus died on the cross for my sins and then rose from the dead defeating death this is all in block capitals defeating by the death. way <laughs> I love it yeah and, and, and like you know he goes on in that vein but then like, <laughs> hold on can we read that I love the next sentence I believe this happened and it changes everything exclamation mark <laughs> <laughs> Who's he trying to kid? Look, I'm set free from bondage and shame. I am a child of the Most High God, and He loves me exactly where I am, how I am, for who I am. Now, what's nice more, an, an hour or two later, he posted. Remember when I said Easter isn't about bunnies? Well, I lied and posted four separate selfies of him wearing like rabbit sunglasses with attached ears and whiskers. Yeah, he's a so, one. kind of undermining his own point there. It seems to me. He's um, overdue a fucking song, isn't he? I mean, like, it's been, it feels like quite a while since he's put out anything of any value. Yeah. The album was about three years ago now. By the way, ju- yeah. just a little jumping off point on this. I, I was just like, you know, I didn't really know that Justin was a religious person. And, oh, uh, what? I looked into his Hillsong Church. Are yes. you familiar with this? Yeah, very much so. Pastor Carl. Yeah, and like, 
<laughs> Selena Gomez, Kevin Durant, Bono, Kendall Jenner, they're all Selena Gomez followers of this. supposedly bringing out a Christian album next. Oh, yeah, I've heard that, but yeah. yeah do, you know, do you know about, like, Killspring? It's very much their whole, like, gimmick or whatever, their whole selling point is that they're just regular cool dudes. Like, the pastors are... Right. Like, his pastor is just, like, ridiculous. He wears, like, Supreme skateboarding clothing oh, and, 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 like, and he's big glasses shreds, and he's ripped to shreds. Yeah. And, yeah. The church released... He's just an, cool, man. The church, yeah. the church, like, releases music. They won their first Grammy this year. Oh, my God. Was it Best Box Art? Or no, it was, was Best it? Contemporary Christian Music Performance and or Song. All right. That's um, a fair category, I suppose, if yeah. you're... Yeah. So, congratulations to Hillsong Worship. Yeah, uh, Hillsong Worship does sound like it's going to be like going to go a bit Jim Jones, doesn't it? It sounds oh, like oh, something. Oh, there's going to be documentaries oh, about yeah, in they, They're all going to be down in Waco soon. Yeah. to all involved. Sorry, I'm, I'm eating a sandwich. Um, Clearly, uh, <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Yeah, sticking with the same uh, religious overtone, Snoop Dogg has released a gospel album it's called <laughs> Bible of Love. Bible of Love. <laughs> uh, have either of you checked it out? No, no, not as yet. It is two hours and fourteen <laughs> minutes long. What? Yep, two uh, thirty. Two tracks. It is clearly going to try to be as long as the Bible hey. itself. I have actually. I've sampled. I, I literally just jumped through. <laughs> just no way. I, no. Basically, I did it like just to make sure that he hadn't just like top loaded it with a few gospel songs and then just broke into full yeah, drop yeah. and like it's hot mode and further down. He hasn't. Um. And yeah, he was interviewed by TV One at the Gospel Music the Awards. The thirty third stellar Gospel <laughs> Music Awards. I must confess, uh, the first thirty two completely passed me by. <laughs> that was a stellar gospel, wasn't it? There's so much making award show. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, he like you said, he's always had gospel. Kind of defending himself, yeah, against like, yeah, criticisms yeah, that is, maybe it wasn't as lame. He is defending himself, yeah. <laughs> I always refer to my saviour, Jesus Christ, on most of the records that I spoke on. Um, and he goes on to say, yeah, he's very Christian. And I mean, he did have that record, The Last Meal, which had the song Hennessy and Buddha on it. So he's always been a spiritual seeker. He <laughs> ends the interview uh, by questioning those who might question him. And says, what about you? Have you checked your status? Are you going to heaven? Why are you judging me? How much have you done for the Lord? A question I'd like to pose to both of you guys right now. How much have you done not for, a lot the lately. for the Lord? For not the Lord, not a lot. Lord yeah. Not a lot. I feel this is often the thing with like hip-hop figures just kind of using Christianity as like a real like defense mechanism where it's just like, only God can judge me. I yeah. can do whatever I want. I, I, I think as well it's just a, a mechanism for Snoop Dogg to just like make some different type. Like this basically reminds me of when he made his reggae debut. Um, yeah. Snoop is Lion he just trying to ago. find the genres that are still selling CDs like his country <laughs> albums coming up soon that seems to be the thing he's just testing the waters yeah it you. does tie in quite nicely to the other night I watched an episode of Coach Snoop for the first time uh, it's not very good um, although it's worth watching for the fact that his assistant coach is an absolute liability like he's clearly <laughs> going to pull a, a last chance of you by the end of the series but uh, at one moment it's got Snoop Dogg coming out to coach in this like flowing hoodie and uh, some dude in the crowd is just like Snoop Dogg out here looking like Sister Mary Clarence. Oh and uh, yeah, sure enough, it turns out that he and um, the cast of Sister Act would have something to talk to talk about, it seems. Well, something I don't have to talk about this week because I didn't actually do it in the end. The much-teased Dave does Macklemore too. Oh yeah, Dave didn't do Macklemore. Dave did not do Macklemore. I didn't go to the Macklemore game because I was feeling deathly ill on one of the days in question. And then I worked a late shift on the other day. But uh, I felt he couldn't possibly live up to the gig that way he went to two years ago. So yeah. I'm guessing it was the same kind of beats hit where like, I saw on Twitter the rubber bandits were given out about uh, Irish celebration. Not and, like them yeah, to give out Being like, things. oh, it's plastic powder wackery, blah, blah, blah. The um, fucking irony of them giving out about plastic anything when he wears a plastic bag in his fucking <laughs> head, Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's an article that went up today on a website and uh, about you know, basically like a Joe Duffy article in text form right. about you know I went to this gig and I felt really old um, by someone who's 27 and you know I'm older than that and, yeah. you know yeah I felt when we've I went, all been there but I mean like ultimately like that's just the way it, no, this person who wrote this says I'm mad for gigs I mean any oh. night of the week I'll rock up to a venue. I absolutely love live music, okay? You know, your credentials aren't in question. Um, this article is, though. Uh, at the end of it, though, the writer in question, uh, after kind of basically giving out about mm. young people going to gigs, I mean, because... How dare they? Because, like, the, like, at one point she's like, uh, oh, I, I felt like the people who were, were at this gig were just there so that their presence was known. Friends were going so they had to go, too. It was a day out, more than appreciation of their favourite artists. It's a gig! Like, like, well, it, like, well, now, hold on, Dave. <laughs> you've made this argument before about, like, when people are talking or acting up a gigs, so you're just like, well, they're only here to be seen. So, no, but, I like, mean, uh, to be fair, like, the Macklemore gig that Cullum and I went to two years ago, the people who were at that gig were focused on the gig. Yeah, they were yeah, very, yeah, very it, focused yeah. on the gig. And I would imagine, in this case, a lot of young people were going because it would be a lot of first gig for an awful lot of people as well. This piece, though, ends with a really weird, like, Springer's Final Thought thing, where uh, the person says, For those who are thinking of braving the elements this year, when you know there's going to be thousands of teens around, just embrace it. At the end of the day, they're making their own memories, too, just in a different way than we're used to. Like, like what what happened at this gig that was so, like, out of sorts? I like no idea. Really odd, I thought. That's such a bizarre message to give out at the end, like. Yeah. And quite Other frankly, people are different, lads. Quite frankly, all, all I'm going to say is, I mean, like, if you're going to write about a Macklemore gig, you know, if you're going to oh. come at the king, I'll leave it. you best not miss. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, finally this week, uh, we go back to an album that we universally panned last year. Uh, <laughs> we Fires. universally panned it. <laughs> well, yeah, it was universally yeah, panned. Yeah, it, it went beyond the doors of this studio. Oh, uh, no, that's accurate, yeah. <laughs> everything now by Arcade Fire sucked. And when <laughs> Butler uh, says that basically it's because people didn't get it, yeah, oh, he your, comes across your, horrible here. <laughs> it's your classic situation where someone who clearly has left, he's gotten to, I think would be the term <laughs> to use here. Wim Butler's a strange cat, and that's all right. He's a musician. That's fine. But, you know, he basically said, um, part of me hopes that this record is our stinker, our horrible record. Well, it is. Because uh, if it is, it is, uh, then we might be the greatest band of all time. It's pretty funny to me. If that's the worst thing we can do, then I'm at peace. You're not, though, are you, mate? Uh, according to him, people didn't understand what they were trying to do with the album, from the satirical promotional campaign, which was dreadful, to its overarching narrative, which was dreadful. Um, and then he just goes on to be like, oh, he basically goes f- further than Julian Casablancas, I would say, in that recent interview where he just starts talking about corporations and, you know, like, uh, Apple is this big robot company that we should all be scared of, but we seem to let it be happening around us. And yeah. and then he talks about the American left. And I just... Like, he's basically he's just standing there going, no, seriously, really think about it. <laughs> Oh, let that sink in. Yeah, but he yeah. goes he goes full like Albert from Twin Peaks. Like uh, he's about to launch into that speech where it's just like my concerns are global. <laughs> Part of his quote is I've only voted for Democrats, but I have no horse in that race. Uh no one I have any affiliation to. My heroes are Martin Luther King and Gandhi. That's some line. I'm way more on the side of MLK than I am Occupy Wall Street in terms of my personal <laughs> philosophy. It's like, dude, you are not writing a college application yes, essay. It's hundred percent like Fucking that. Martin Luther King and Gandhi. Get out of it. You know, the interview was getting away from the journalists at this point. <laughs> I know, yeah. Where did you lose it, mate? But that was, yeah, that was the problem with the album. It was too complex and subversive. It was just like, no. Well, this it definitely went over my head. It wasn't. Yeah. It was trying to just batty over the skull. And, like, granted, like, I mean, I, I've with had problems. With a whimsical <laughs> A little bit, yeah. I mean, like, I've had problems with other bands that have done that in other acts. Um, but, you know, at least, like, sometimes, you know, if you make good music, then you get over it. I thought you were going to say. It wasn't. I thought you were going to say, I've got a problem with other kids. And I was going to go, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, uh, however, this week, we. Uh, 
chosen album that was significantly less bloated because it's kind of a mini album, more of an EP, but really more of an album. It's That Man The Weeknd, and he's back out of nowhere, it seems, with My Dear Melancholy. Let's get a taste. You just wasted my time, your whole time. I broke you Yeah, a little yeah. less than that. Which was quite a bloated enterprise and felt designed for streaming services, really. Although, in- interestingly, came as quickly after um, Beauty Behind the Madness. So, like yeah. a year later or thereabouts. Yeah. We reviewed Starboy on this here podcast and went back and listened to our review. We were all kind of very much on the same page, basically saying that it's got strengths, but it's got an awful lot of weaknesses and a lack of focus. And in his bid to become the biggest pop star in the world, Abel Tezve has effectively punched himself out and lost what brought him to the dance. Mm. That kind of sense of murkiness and really kind of very lacerating character study of a guy who basically is, you know, depressed but has a lot of sex and does a lot of drugs. And it was that kind of ad nauseum. Starboy is not an album I've returned to very much, but I do think the first four tracks are great, and I enjoy the Daft Punk-esque closer. Daft Punk-esque? They're on yeah, it. it is Daft Punk. <laughs> it's bookended uh, by Daft Punk. So, yeah, it was a case of where's he going to go from here? And where he's gone is he's kind of gone back to the drawing board. He's gone back to that kind of trilogy sound, which emerged in 2012. Very kind of inward, very angry, I'd say, in a lot of places as well. Very emotional. A lot of people are kind of projecting on the whole Selena Gomez relationship, which broke up yeah. at some point onto this one. And when you listen to a track like we heard there, call out my name, it's difficult not to kind of cement those links. Well, I'm sorry. Are we going to have to go back to our Selena Gomez's kidney references oh, snuck God, into songs? I'm so <laughs> sick of that already. That one's yeah. here. Okay, so I here- know, yeah, right? It's ridiculous, though. So call- it's such a kind of like, yeah, I'm a great guy, am I? Did I? Did I? <laughs> yeah. Probably did. I don't know. Well, uh, he didn't give her a kidney. He did. No. Uh, thought about it. Her, yeah, he her, thought about it. Her best mate did. He, he, yeah, he could have done it. But he, <laughs> he was her best mate for some time. And then she broke <laughs> yeah, his heart. Six months. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, yeah, in, the, in the life of rock stars, Craig. Yes. Know, like, yeah. Six months is more than a minute. Well, so. it's also kind of an album or a mini album or an EP even about your one, which Hadid is it? Bella Hadid? It's the good one, isn't it? That's Team Kanye as opposed to Taylor Squad. Um, Bella Hadid, yes. Yeah. Well, the Hadid. one we yeah. like, yeah. Gigi Hadid Gigi is, Zane. is, is, yeah. is yeah. Taylor Swift's mate. Yeah. 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 Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. So, uh, call him my name. We discussed this before as well. I can't tell the Hadid which, part. My which, sister explained it to me before. I just can't remember. I don't think it's that important. So... Call Out My Name, uh, sonically and lyrically, feels like an, uh, the sequel to Earned It, which appeared yep. on both the 50 Shades of Grey soundtrack. Is it a poor man's Earned It? No, it's not. It's an no. exceptional sequel to Earned It. Okay. Well, it's, yeah, I, would say, I would say he earned it. With like song. a few of these songs remind me of Earned It, but just with that kind of murkier aesthetic as opposed to the kind of, you know, decadent okay. strings. Okay, of let's try and get some coherence on this one here. Okay, because it's short. It's like 20 minutes long, six yeah. tracks. Now, Call Out My Name. I I had some big talk, lads, in the first 24 hours of this song coming out when I declared this one an instant all-timer, and I think it is. I think it's one of his best songs, I think it's fucking excellent, and I think it really, really speaks to that 
idea of being like really fucking upset and quite bitter and angry about a breakup, but also deep down you really want them back and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, like it's uh, I was able to relate to it. So I mean, essentially, I think it's him at his best on this uh, six track run for sure. I think the vocal is excellent. I think it's produced wonderfully now in terms of the overall sound on this when he worked with a few different people uh, you've got one of Daft Punk mm-hmm. you've yeah, got Nicholas Guy Manuel De Cristo or something like that. De Cristo uh, yeah, you've yeah. got uh, Nicholas Jar you've got Gesefl Gesefelstein Gesefelstein Skrillex and a few uh, Frank Dukes I think as well Yeah. so yeah quite a lot of big guns brought in even though they're not as overtly credited as you might think and essentially, I read a couple of reviews of this. I read Craig's boy, Alexis Petretas in The Guardian, and his review to me was very snarky. It was very much like a shooting gallery um, in which he just kept getting Barney Roneyisms into the first like three or four paragraphs before remembering that he had to actually do a review. And, you know, his contention was, it's too soon for The weekend to go back to the drawing board. Uh, like, he shouldn't have been doing this now. But I think that's a weird thing to throw at someone where it's like, well, how does an artist grow and develop? Like, why is he not allowed to go back to a different part I, of himself. You know what? I don't think there's any problem with going back to a different part of yourself. However, something that stu- struck me from the start with this record was that, you know, it was very clear that it was being angled through the lens of his breakup with Selena Gomez. Certainly, it's a breakup album. The thing is that he's made a breakup album where he's essentially just talking about and doing exactly what he did a couple of years ago. At which point it all starts to ring rather hollow for me. It's that like, you know, oh, he's gone through a tough breakup and now he's doing loads of drugs and having meaningless sex. And it's like, <laughs> hang on, look back three years ago. He was doing that for no other reason than it's cold in Toronto during the winter. Yeah, but call him right what you know. <laughs> oh, he is just the worst example of that though, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Changed the record, mate. <laughs> and I, I mean, like also, I don't know. Literally. I mean, like I felt, I, I felt like quite a bit of what you kind of like characterized as being sort of like, you know, slightly melancholic sort of pining for somebody I just found a bit whingy to be honest I characterise that I thought that bits of this were kind of just like well why did why didn't you wait for me huh <laughs> yeah I, I I found a whingy um, it's very listenable um, mm. and I like like listen like the production a- is like pristine throughout like and mainly because it's very pure it's very austere yeah. that's something he's done very well it feels very safe to me. I mean, I know the last couple of records, he's been kind of aiming for that kind of pop crown, and he's been trying on a lot of different kind of costumes and genres and taking on different kind of producers, and there's been loads of misfires, and yeah, all the stuff has been super bloated, but there's kind of been gold kind of you could glean from that, yep. and uh, you'd have to respect what he was trying to do, because I feel like he perfected a sound with Trilogy, which is still being completely replicated. That thing of like... You know, the Mercury production, coupled with the fact, like, it had that whole anonymity angle mm-hmm. to begin with, which made the whole thing cooler. That, like, angelic voice doing, I mean, I guess it's post-R&B, where he's not just singing about the same old bullshit. He's singing about, like, you know, um, you know illicit house parties and taking slightly too many drugs. And everything had a bit of an edge to it, which was kind of new, um, certainly to mainstream R&B. Uh, but now... When he kind of dips his toe back into that murk, it's kind of too familiar and he's put too much of himself out there. It's it's too easy to find your bearings with these songs. I feel like I've heard, e- like, there's echoes of old songs in every one of these productions. Well, this is what I wanted to ask. I mean, 
is are we looking at an artist who, who simply has just run out of road? Well, like, I think like, there's two, like, like, there's like two things. Done. First of all, like he has not run out of road at all. If he, <laughs> that's that, that's our <laughs> answer. No, but if he's willing, yeah. to look a little more introspective, yeah, and on this he hasn't. No, I think he, he's definitely ran out of road in terms of just like painting this picture of you know the world as he sees it, so to speak. However, like if he was to write a breakup album where he was frankly like a little more honest and you know I'm not even suggesting like blatant in terms of the references to real life but that studied him a little bit yeah like, more than just like drugs and I've been seeing a lot of his fans being delighted with this because it is a return to mm. what they think of as you know the deeper weekend but I think they're confusing like the sound nods and kind of um, markers that he's playing off with the kind of lyrics which is uh, I've just been a lot of talk of like, oh, he's never been more vulnerable. And again, all the, you know, talk of the high profile relationships. He has kind of been more vulnerable and he's been more interesting with the subject matter. I mean, like something like Secrets from the last record, which a lot of people dismissed as well. Yeah, it's just aiming for the charts. But it actually kind of, it showed a vulnerability and had a nice lyrical idea. Whereas this is just very vague. I'm upset, so I'm going to hook up with you and I don't mind hooking up with you but you've got a boyfriend but god aren't we a bit rubbish and let's take some more yeah. drugs he's not very likable and my favourite <laughs> one of being like I don't really want to ha- hook up with you but if you come over it's happening yeah. oh, is, it, is it the line where he goes I hope you know that dick is, dick still, is still open yeah. Yeah. no no no, no. It, it, it's, I hope you know that dick is still an option an option yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, and then he starts talking about body functions. I'm going to learn how your body functions. There's some cl- absolute clunkers on this. No, like. there, there are some clunkers. <laughs> he sounds great, but it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, the boy can sing. And actually, there are moments where you're just like, oh, shit, I kind of forgot just how good he is here. Like, you know, on uh, like at a bigger level here, the fact that he has done two pop albums and has been absolutely unashamed in the fact that he wanted to be the new Michael Jackson, he wanted to be this global pop star, does that introduce a level of cynicism to almost anything he does now? Yeah, I kind of approach this like, oh, this seems like a calculated move and it's, uh, you know, he's constantly wanting to keep his name out there and release material, which is great for the fans. This kind of feels stopgappy. It feels superfluous. It feels like it's the safest option for him. And he's got one eye on, oh, the old fan base will love this because I'm kind of, you know, this is it's like, oh, this is the real Apple. And also with the kind of references, it'll keep the, you know, column inches full. Uh, it felt calculated to me, despite having a few nice songs Well, on the it. method of release. I mean, like, we left the podcast last week and then we just saw online, oh, he's dropping a new album tonight. Yeah, but even then, like, didn't he tease it by releasing a screenshot of and a text the where he was, was just like, I don't care yeah, when he we was drop like, it. He's like, should we drop it on Friday? I'm indifferent. And yeah. the, well, like the, and like, well, that's complete bollocks. And the comma <laughs> in the title, like, as well. Everyone is just like, well, what does the comma mean? Does that mean there's another two releases to come? It's like, what? <laughs> like, it's going to be a letter like you know what I mean oh, body course, text yeah. and then a sign off is the next I, oh, I can't wait I can't wait body for the text. weekend hope you are well to drop next week <laughs> <laughs> you up <laughs> I, I I mean I agree with a lot of this I mean like is he likable that's the question like is he unlikable like, has he become a bit unlikable is he like a friend of yours where you're like Jesus I don't know if I want to hang out with him and maybe yeah. maybe it's the case and I am a fan um, however uh, I think something that kind of really stuck with me was on the day of release uh, it was actually Brother Josh who said in the group chat, he goes, there's a rumour that Yeezy's going to drop a new thing today because sure. it's, you know, on Good Friday. Good Friday. And my instant thought was, like, oh, that'll be so much more interesting than this weekend thing that I, that I haven't even fully finished listening to. And 
well, that's just a commentary on me being hardcore disposable, but I really fucking liked The weekend. I was very excited to get this, and yet I, I just don't know if he's interesting anymore. I don't know if he is compelling. Uh, he's done it all. He's done it better. I do think uh, Call Out My Name is a fucking standout track. I love it. I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant, but again, I relate to it, so maybe it's just like, maybe it's that. But I like it. I think it's. I think he's great on it. I, the tracks on this that stood out more to me. Something like Wasted Times, which I felt had a something slightly more going on in terms of its beat. Musically, it's like Skrillex. Yeah. 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 Some who, weird UK garage. Who thought know. that was coming? Yeah, I kind of like the Geschafflestein stuff. Uh, like the kind of it's hurt you, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah. way it kind of. And I was never there, which is really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, there's some nice piano stuff where it, it gets all a bit degraded and it goes to a proper murky place. It does feel like a fairly meandering thing, though. I don't know if it ever comes into focus fully and it feels vaguely pointless by the end of it it's very disposable it's very like oh yeah that's over now cool I mean like well I like that it's yeah. there but there's just something it's like I mean safe might be the right word that Craig used earlier on there's just something very kind of polished about it even though it's trying to drag you down to the murk it does feel like a big studio remake of a really good independent film from a different country or something yeah yeah sure. that's a good shout and yet he's still there at the forefront I don't feel that we've learned anything new about him I, yeah, and I, I don't agree. know what he has to teach. Like apart from, I mean, I don't agree with Alexis Perry. I, I think you know that's fine to go back to the well and try and find yourself again. And if that's what he's doing, okay, he probably could have done it better. I I'm glad it exists. I think the first track is a standard song, and I think it, it could be could very well be in my in my songs of the year list by the end of the year. But ultimately, I just I found it really easy to walk away from this and to walk past it and pretend it wasn't there. I think it's interesting to look at Beauty Behind Madness in particular when he seemed to be able to completely abandon this sort of sound and this sort of aesthetic and chase something new. If he just does that again, yeah, you're going to look at this album and go, what on earth was it? What was the point of it? And, you know, especially what sort of impact did it have going forward? Because, you know, it was just a blip. Whereas if this maybe is a sign that he's going to take some of it forward as he continues on his pop career, then we could be in for something interesting. But this record itself is not it. Yeah, I, ju- I just don't see any growth in him as a kind of writer, really, mm. which is the biggest or kind of person point for me. that yeah. matter. And yeah. That's part of the problem. Um, so he's just, he's kind of, my interest in him as a character is slipping. So yeah. it might just be, do you know what, he can do the pop bangers, I'll, I'll be on board for all those, but I think the kind of trilogy sound is, is done and dusted. Six out of ten. Yeah, six Same. for me, yeah. Alrighty, uh, let's go to the songs of the week. Dave, you rarely get to play numbers game. Give me one. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, let's go for number four, please. Number four is Scion featuring Ariel Pink and a Johnny Jewel remix of At Least the Sky is Blue. <laughs> Craig tells me it's pronounced Shun. Fair enough. <laughs> you should hear Craig off mic. He's a totally different person. 
Come on, uh, guys. Go that together. is taken from his album O, which is coming out next month. Uh, single was already released. This getting a remix from Johnny Jewel of Chromatics. Uh, Craig, your boy. Yeah. Give you first See, he's got nothing this. else to be doing. Just remix <laughs> other people's songs. We'll keep waiting. Dear Tommy, where are you? My dear melancholy, Tommy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, as you say, the kind of track proper dropped about a month ago. Um, and this is an interesting one because I don't really know of Sean, although he's been around for a long time. So it's it's hard for me to kind of say too much contextually about him. But from an Ariel Pink standpoint, it's interesting to see one of his tracks, and this is very much a collab with Sean, kind of... Uh, you know, dressed up a bit and given yeah. a bit of a bit of sheen in proper production because we've often wondered he writes these kind of slightly insane pop songs and you kind of think, well, these could be big radio hits if they were just in the right hands. Yeah, he could polish these up to be a banger. It's kind like, of yeah. Johnny Jill. You know, it's a clapped out car that he's just turning into a bit of a you know muscle car. It's Johnny Jill pimping their right. Yeah, I think Johnny Jill is pimping their right. Somebody recently proffered, why isn't Ariel Pink bigger than he should be? Oh. Could he be the new Ed Sheeran? Tracks like this, maybe. I fucking love this. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. This yeah. is a summer jam all night long. Yeah. This is a midnight summer jam, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> this is what you should have been doing. This is fantastic. I mean, yeah, it's surface. It's lightweight. There's nothing behind the eyes, but boy, are those eyes pretty. That's the thing. It, like, I don't I, even you know. I, yeah, fa- I found myself kind of like stuck between two poles here where at one end, the original of this track is far more kind of I guess quirky and interesting because it seems as though Shun works in the same sort of like weird offbeat indie yeah, pop. Yeah, I think he was doing it even before Ariel Pink. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so the original of this is, you know, quite odd, quite different and giving it the sort of fairly dance floor focused remix that Johnny Jewel has here has sort of taken a lot of that edge off. Yeah. With that said, however, it's an extremely good song for what it is now. It's a very different beast but it's still very enjoyable. Yeah, they. I think it's a belter. They, the two different mixes scratch very kind of different itches for me. I think the original doesn't actually quite scratch an itch, which is why I prefer it, I think. It yeah. is that thing of like, it's slightly off kilter. I like the kind of odd structure of it. There's some kind of, you know, wonky guitar breaks in it. There's some of those kind of trademark Ariel Pink kind of humorous lines that get a bit submerged in the Johnny Jewel thing. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the vocals or the kind of style or the um, the kind of attitude towards songwriting, but I think maybe the Johnny Jewel thing doesn't quite mix well with that um, outlook or oh, something it, like that. You, you you're I mean? absolutely right. It, it, tr- it totally it, transforms it. It creates it a totally different vibe. That's it, exactly. Yeah. But when you think about it then, like if you do want to create, you know, a sort of a more sort of like four to the floor dance floor vibe, the last thing you want is some quirky lyric that makes you giggle in the middle of the club. Yeah. So it's probably just as well that it's brushed over somewhat, isn't it? Yeah. As, as I say, I like both for different reasons. Johnny Jewel's done a great job of just going, well, here's the hooks, here's the hooks, and let's front load it. Um, it reminds me a bit of Mr. Dan's mix of La Ritternelle, which is just like, okay, what kind of, there's a nice outro here where on the original, I think four minutes in, you hit the best hook here. It's just like up top, front loaded, get those kind of trademark drums in. Um, I think the original might be my song of the year. And this is a great, great remix. So, yeah. Really enjoyed it. Craig, you might want to go see a doctor about those itches, but before you do, can <laughs> I get a number, please? Can I have number two, please, Dave? You can. It's Mike Shinoda, a man with a lot on his mind. And here he is. And it's keeping me up at night, worried it's not alright, holding back things you don't know. 
And it's keeping me up at night Worried it's not alright You're not gonna like where this goes And they'll tell you I don't care anymore And I hope you'll know that's a so on, we're not far from a year, I think, mm. since the tragic passing of Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. Uh, I can't remember the exact month, but I know it's not too far away, uh, which, you know, goes to show you how time flies, right? Um, yeah. Really fucking sad story. Uh, I remember writing a piece at the time about it, which I tried to express myself, because, like, Lincoln Park will always have a special place in my heart to a degree. Like, I don't think they're any great band, but they were an important band at my kind of developmental stage, as well as my NXT of music. Right. And, obviously, Jesus Christ... Florida Championship Wrestling back then, but anyway. Very good. The Yeah, the chess band thing is it's just a really, really sad story. So, his passing leaves Lincoln Park in a strange state of limbo and disarray, even though they are continuing as of now. Uh, Mike Shinoda is now the solo frontman. He is releasing a solo album. It's coming out pretty soon. It's called Post Traumatic. So you know, no prizes <laughs> for guessing what that's about. The two tracks he has released off it are called Crossing a Line and Nothing Makes Sense Anymore. Now, here's the thing with Mike Shinoda. I mean, like, look, the guy has a lot of flaws. He's not a very polished guy. His lyrics are extremely on the nose. Uh, he's never going to win an award for subtlety. And uh, with that in mind, it's impossible to divorce the context of these... Uh, like of the events that have led to yeah. this level of songwriting from him. However, I think he makes a really good fist of it, and I think he makes a really good fist of it by, by being incredibly upfront about it and being like totally unapologetic and just, oh, yeah. uh, and also like practically telling you on one of these tracks, you know, hey, look, you know, I know I'm not going to fucking be terribly eloquent here, but this is how I feel. That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, like I I can say that you know these tracks are in any way great, but I like them. I suppose, A, you have to wonder if making bangers is really the point here, and I don't think it is, and B, whether the audience to whom this is really going to matter care, and I'm not sure whether they're as, you know, kind of concerned about making... I a, think the audience do modern, care. Like, well, no, but not making modern classics by any sure, means. I think but, they care about hearing how he feels. Yes, absolutely, yeah. and, and that's, that's what it is. This feels like communal. A diary entry this this, this like, feels yeah. very specifically communal, because obviously Linkin Park, they're like, let's not forget, they're a gigantic band. Like, yeah. They've sold an incredible amount of records, and obviously the fan base, are, a lot of people, I mean, like this is the thing about the Chester Band thing, I mean, like, he spoke to an awful lot of people, an awful lot of vulnerable people, who have probably been feeling quite shell-shocked since his death, and those people have valid opinions and valid feelings, and I think that this will really help them. And I also think yeah. that, you know, like, I don't want to sound like a fucking corporate exec here, but I think that both of these tracks would make excellent acoustic songs. Like, if he does it at a gig or something, if he just breaks sure. out the guitar. And, I, I think it could be a really positive and healing moment for a lot of Linkin Park fans, and a lot of people who are into this kind of music who just genuinely feel that like they've lost someone who understood them. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. It, like, I mean, yeah, there are people out there that's going to mean, that's going to mean a lot too. Um... I'm not expecting another skeleton tree by any stretch of the imagination, but for Linkin Park fans, um, and indeed for Mike Shinoda, who, like you say, with the title alone, is sort of communicating where he's at right now, I presume it's going to be a very good thing. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a real, like, heart-in-the-sleeve kind of artist, um, and, you know, there's not a huge amount of kind of, like, sophistication or kind of, you know, invention on these, but it is it is a real outpouring, and at times you hear that, like, viscerally. It reminded me, the second track reminded me 
a touch of Fuck the Universe by Ryan Adams, just where it's just like this incessant thing of like, there's something really raw going on there. And I think it will make, obviously, a connection with the fans. He's talked about how he wants this record to be like, to make people out there feel less alone. And it's all coming from a good place. It's got to be healing for him. He's, you know, he's working through stuff. It's not my cup of tea. It feels really hard even kind of, you know, dissecting it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's... It's definitely raw and it's definitely honest and it's something that I think will mean a lot to the fan base. I think if you're going to critique it, which, you know, of course we can do, I think sonically, like, it's overproduced, which is a shame because I think that, you know, you mentioned that kind of fuck the universe thing. I think these songs would sound amazing if they didn't have so much studio. It's not unleashed enough, maybe. Yeah. There's just, like, he's he's a producer, so he's obviously putting an awful lot into this and, like, he he can get it right. I mean, he did some work on the Raid soundtrack, I think, like, an alternative version of that. And he definitely knows his way around a fucking studio and how to compose, like a perfectly good arrangement mm. but there's just there's, these are too polished I mean like it'd be the rare occasion where if he put out a bonus track or a bonus like you know stripped down version of this that's what I would rather hear right but I think the sentiment is fucking nailed on and fair play to him sure up next Cullum give me a number number five alright uh, how do I pronounce this it's just Mo me isn't, Isn't it? it? It's something like she did this really it's annoying. Much Mo, like uh, this is what I was like. You know, Sean, I'm now so paranoid about every act we do because increasingly, you be, mate, you know, like where's your incre- game? Increasingly, though, the names are getting more and more complex as like artists just run out of I'm, you know normal names. I'm just going to pronounce it with the Norwegian O then. Well, she goes with Mo. She says Mo, but I think it's yeah. supposed to be Mie. Let's hear the song. <laughs> Stuff your explainers in a sack, mister. <laughs> this song is called Nostalgia. That, yeah. that age-old thing that gives us a, a release date for Jurassic World 3 before the <laughs> second one comes out. But has she managed to sidestep that or is it, is it a little bit guilty of commercial trends? Oh, God. Tropicalia. <laughs> it's back. Dancehall. <laughs> Our old friend. Fucking summer anthem. Do you remember when we were kids? I know it's tough, but you're going to get through it. <laughs> just wound me up <laughs> like uh, I'm not the biggest fan right. and I kind of half enjoy her like delivery on the verses a bit because she trades in some more of that like coiny well. twee thing of like actually there's a bit of attitude to it and yeah. I was being flippant at the start I think there's some kind of even interesting like audio artifacts in the you know mix in the production which elevates it slightly but when it hits that chorus it's very like join the dots to me or something it's aiming for aiming to be that anthem that healing anthem and it's not for me yeah I definitely wasn't convinced at the start I did like the kind of the sentiment the lyrics I liked the verses like you say I like the kind of loungy vibe of the bridge and even like the middle eight towards the end is enjoyable but the choruses ah it just lets it down doesn't it those choruses kicked in I I, I haven't researched this I haven't looked it up but I just thought oh has she signed to a big label I guess she must have you know the sun shines when the cloud breaks so (laughs) no I mean like she just she just does it like she's wildly prolific and she can kind of go quite She's avant-garde. She's real Frankie Cosmos, is she? Well, not quite, thankfully. <laughs> uh, but, like, she can go kind of from avant-garde to really sort of down-the-middle pop. And 
yeah, unfortunately, maybe this song is, you know, trying to do the best of both worlds and it ends up just mismatching a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I was thrown and I find I find myself, I find it hard to get a read on her, which is can be a good thing. I mean, sure. we talked about the weekend, maybe running himself into the ground. I mean, like, it's good that Norris keeps you guessing, but I did find myself, it was not dissimilar to that Selena Gomez song, Wolves, where I was loving it until it got to the chorus. Right. And then I was like, ah, oh, I wish he made a different decision. I think she's guilty throughout her kind of still quite early career of chasing trends a little and that's a continuation sure. of that. So maybe she's just finding her feet still. Um, she is kind of inscrutable as an artist so I'm not really seeing w- what exactly she is bringing fresh to the table as yet. Well, let's talk about a fresh new artist that stole Cullum's heart <laughs> Jesus. at the end of the year she? and made it into our he songs. Not He's now engaged. Made, <laughs> it in, made it into our songs of the year, I believe. Yeah. yeah, well, it's, yeah. Brisbane artist Harriet Pillbeam aka Hatchie. She's back! song is called Sugar and Spice. Gentlemen, is it all things nice? <laughs> it, is, it, it is. It actually is, right, isn't it? It's like... It's Shouldn't have answered three, that. <laughs> it's three minutes... It's late in the show. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's almost three minutes precisely of just like sunny, reverb-drenched pop. Yeah. And I really like it. I mean, it's, it's you know, it shows she's no kind of one-trick pony. Um, but it is... It is very much, I mean, it's that early My Bloody Valentine thing, a lot of it as well, in terms of, like, those guitars. It's it's basically a song, Don't Ask Why, which seems like a proto, again, I'm going to use this reference, Sixpence on the Richer. Jesus. I don't mean that in a bad way. I think this is oh, a very good song. positive references to Sixpence on the Richer, isn't it? Can either of you name another song by that band? No. Oh, um... There's a Who's quiz. Not the There's a quiz coming up, mate. You want? Uh, yeah, no. They did a cover of the Laz. There she goes. I remember that. I'll give you that. I should point out to listeners: there will be another no encore quiz, but that's not what I'm referring to. <laughs> so you know, p- uh, put those tickets down. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's the it's the less good version of Sure, which she yeah, brought that's out fair. a few months ago. But I'm still intrigued. She's got an EP coming next mm-hmm. month, I believe. Yeah, also called Sugar and Spice, and I'm excited about that. I think yeah. she could be a fresh, new, arresting voice, and so far, I'm won over. I also like the fact that it ends with like the sort of uplifting lyric where you're just like, you know what? Yeah, you you can outlast it. Yeah, it's Go kind on, of Harry. yeah, it is refreshingly kind of innocent and sunny. It's like that, like Ian Brody lightning seeds thing, where it's just yeah. like the simplicity is its strength. I yeah. think. Yeah, I'm I hope with you're that. listening, Mo or Muh or whatever your name is. And can I also just say finally that Hatchy is playing some dates in England next uh, month, and in terms of manager now, <laughs> no, no, because in, although if I was i couldn't have booked it any better i have a major passion i don't know if you know this for pubs in the uk that have like proper <laughs> pub names like the dog and oh, duck yeah, and the yeah. carpenters inn and stuff and yeah there's a three-date run where she's going to birmingham and playing the hare and hound yes to glasgow and playing the hog and point and london say the tables play, are nailed down there and london <laughs> to play the shacklewell arms yeah they're gonna the be shackle- yeah they're gonna be scraping sawdust off the shoes on the flight back to australia after that one but. sounds like she God. could be in the horrors <laughs> oh. oh hang on a minute
That's the horrors. <laughs> that's not the extent of the link. Your link game today is minimalistic. Tell you lads, like you know, I, I I don't know. It's WrestleMania season. I, I, I've raised my own game. So that's the horrors. <laughs> Two tracks that didn't make V, an album that we reviewed quite favorably last year, and of course, something to remember me by was our al- uh, not album. Song of the year. I I I was I flew too close to the fucking sun. I was doing really well, guys. Now it's all gone. So the horrors have released these two tracks back to back: Fire Escape and Water Drop. Uh, basically saying that they're part of the sessions, but didn't make the final album because they couldn't find a place for it. I think that's fair. I really like them though, and I must say, given that they bleed into one another and basically it's a continuation. It started out as the same song. This to me is you know. Yeah. This to me is Kill Bill. It's 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 two things that are actually one thing. Yeah, I don't really understand why they're. Separated, they shouldn't be separated, especially yeah. considering they didn't make the album. You should, if you're going to shove it on as a bonus track, just like yeah, shove it on the Maybe way. They have. needed to. It's called Fire Escape Water Drop. Yeah, yeah. They've <laughs> like they've talked about this being like being very heavy and like Bonham-esque drums. I didn't think it was that heavy. No. Um, and I preferred the second half. I liked the kind of water drop, like, almost Eno instrumental. Yeah. Well, it turns into yeah. like uh, a new theme tune to the Krypton Factor or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah that kind of did it for me. Like I. I like when they kind of come loose from their moorings and they like you know they're great at doing those elevated synth pop like anthem things now but when they just kind of go all like you know spaz out or whatever I don't think you can say that term anymore I don't know just but when they just kind of let it fly it's it's fantastic friends of the it? show you know so yeah yeah it's kind of a thing isn't it where like you want intensity but with that album and the entire aesthetic that ran through it, it was very much a kind of a restrained intensity. It was kind of like a foreboding sort of a thing where there was like, you know, an energy that wasn't necessarily being released. And uh, yeah, especially on Water Drop, it feels like, you know, it starts to escape through the cracks, so to speak. And oh, oh my God. That was <laughs> entirely unintentional. His name is Cullum O'Regan. And I'm sorry, ladies, he's taken. <laughs> Didn't mean that. Um, but yeah. I just I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. The vocal hook in the first track on Firescape is enjoyable. It actually stuck in my <laughs> it stuck in my head quite a bit. Yeah, but uh, but not, yeah, Water Drop is a better track. For me. I'm not sure of that kind of repeating synth thing though. It's a bit like it reminded me of you know that Symbio thing. It's like a flash kind of synth matrix game. That basically, Genuinely you kind of you cl- you kind of light up these boxes on a kind of flash screen, or like online, and it just sounds deadly. Like it has this gorgeous. Like what you do you different doing? patterns. What are you doing at night? Messing Craig? with Symbio, <laughs> but it's like a really simple thing, and it makes you sound brilliant, even though you're just clicking random boxes. It sounded like they just did that with yeah. this. Like, and we uh, could, couldn't find a place for it on the record because the Brownino was like, no, <laughs> oh not Brownino, Paul Epworth. Paul, like, Paul Epworth. You know, I would. Uh, I wonder, like. They might be interesting working with old, you know, old, old Sourpuss, no? Sourpuss himself. <laughs> I think they have, like, an unforgettable fire in them or something like that. No? I'd rather hear them work with Trent Reznor. But then I'd you rather, want them to go I'd, more industrial, double everyone. down on the yeah, industrial. I'd rather hear everyone work with Trent Reznor. <laughs> get The Weeknd into the studio, get Hatchie into the studio with Trent Reznor. <laughs> That'd be great. Let's see, get Key West into the studio, oh, maybe not. Uh, so what else could you listen to this week, guys? Uh, this week, I was listening to Casey Musgraves, who is kind of, you know, one of the hot new acts in the world of country. She's kind of been positioned as a new Taylor Swift for years, um, and it's always been because she's kind of edgy. She sings about, like, same-sex relationships and drug use and, like, extramarital affairs, stuff that you're not really meant to sing about in the sort of typical country canon. Um, but she used to do it with the proper sort of down-home sound that, maybe kind of made it sound a bit kitschy she's thrown that out the window now and 
the exact opposite of bands where like you know they kind of they lose their hook and you realize there was little there otherwise she's lost her main hook and it turns out that what was beneath is absolutely phenomenal songwriting is absolutely bulletproof and lyrically she's just a lot more mature and it's a lot more realized and you know the kind of the radical subversion which she was trying um which was almost destined to fail and or at least to be hit and miss is now almost universally hits um this has crossover written all over. I think it's going to be huge. Mm. And uh, it's really worth a listen. Okay, interesting. I've been catching up with Jack White. Um, I was listening to it last week. Uh, because I thought you guys were maybe going to cover it. And I was going to like have a little drop in. So um, you did not. And probably because it's too complicated to even begin reviewing. Really? It's, yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> in there's a good a, way? Uh, there's like shards of good stuff there but overall it's just there's a there's a um, Atlantic article written about both Jack White and Julian Casablanca's called the Zanely Aging Rockstars of the Aughts um, I've also been listening to the Void's new record as well Virtue and it is yeah them just kind of getting very psychedelic and a bit helter skelter and um, I will say my first listen to the new Jack White album um, I thought the closing track was absolutely outstanding. And I looked at my phone and I realised Spotify had just moved on. <laughs> I had I had finished the album and I was now listening to The Flaming Lips. <laughs> <laughs> and a great song called Silver Trembling Hands, which I hadn't heard before. And that tells you everything about that Jack White album. Because I was just like, it took me a second to be like, that doesn't he's, sound like his voice. He's, he's got it. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> yeah. So the best song on the album is Flaming Lips Wayne song that isn't on the album. I have been listening to the new Daphne and Celeste album. Oh, yeah, Friends of the Show. Friends of the Show. Uh, and our offer stands. Come on the show. Talk to us. Daphne and Celeste Save the World, which got a 7 out of 10 on Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Are Pitchfork just being postmodern or is it any good? It's very good. I, I had a feeling from the second I heard that first single, it's I was just like, bonkers, this could really man. work. Uh, themselves obviously teaming up with Max Tundra. And we've heard a couple of tracks. Uh, they, they included the track from, from a few years ago, You and I Alone, which is a oh. really good tune. Obviously, there's Basic Busker, which we really liked on this show. And it's great. I've only given it a couple of spins because I just haven't had enough time this week. However, uh, first impressions are really, really good. There's a really good mix, and I think just the right mix as well, of it being totally pell-mell and just running down every fucking alley possible. Right. It sounds genuinely insane in places. Like, like It just sounds like uh, some kind of uh, music factory has exploded. <laughs> and they're just grabbing the instruments as they're going on fire and just like, fuck it, we'll do it. And then there's some more paired back stuff that really, really works. Uh, like, it, like it, we're, we're beyond the, uh, oh, it's a bit of a gag now thing. They're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. good. This is a good album. And it's a really good pop album. It's a daring modern pop album. And I think that, that, that's something really good and something to celebrate right now. Now, uh, speaking of daring modern pop, Dua Lipa is playing in the Olympia Theatre. That's right. In just a few days' time, if you listen to this on the Friday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Ram, and let's hope you are, because... Yeah, because, ramshackle hosts that we are, we've got a pair of tickets to give away. Now, she's playing on Monday and Tuesday, and I must confess, I don't know which night. <laughs> <No. laughs> I'll figure it out. We'll know which we'll, tomorrow, don't worry. Yeah. Point is, she's playing Monday the 9th of April and Tuesday the 10th of April in the Olympia Theatre. And if you want to go, uh, all you have to do is tweet at No Encore Show and tell us the name of the producer that Mick and Mary-Kate went to work with very early in the morning after their Faithless set, which was an interview that happened on this very episode, so you really don't have any excuses to not know. So... Give us that person's name, at No Encore Show, fastest finger first, we'll get in touch with you, and you'll get to go see Dua Lipa. Fantastic That's stuff. how it works. Yeah. Can't beat it.
You can't, but you should check out the Le Galaxy album, and we'll have a listen to it before we go. Craig and Cullen, thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers, brother. Very enjoyed this episode, guys. Good job! Okay, so, uh, as always, Irish music closes out the episode. You've heard a couple of snippets of it already. It's Day of the Child, the lead single proper from Pleasure, Le Galaxy's album, which is out now. Go buy the vinyl, support the band, they're very good people. And they're worth checking out live as well. So do that when you get an opportunity. My name is David William Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. And this is the Galaxy. On the Day of the Child!
That's me throwing to the audio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay <here it> <laughs> Insert audio. Confusing. And now I'll come back in from that audio. Fantastic. Got, this will be a fun episode for you to have, I imagine. Okay. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.